0: It's a new year, but it's the same old Albion, certainly on the pitch anyway. An eighth win in the last nine games under King Carlos Corbran, and they are one point off the playoffs, and the fans are starting to believe. And we'll be talking about all that and more on today's Baggy Broadcast. Hello, I'm Johnny Drury, and alongside me is the ENS's West Brom main man, Mr. Lewis Cox Coxie, Happy New Year to you, pal. How are you feeling? Better than me, really, as you can
1: as hear. <laughs> well, yeah, happy new year, Johnny. Happy New Year, listeners. Um, thankfully you've not given me the Lurgy, which is um, which is a good feat given that we spent, what was it, the whole whatever day it was at the Hawthorns together, just uh, some sort of inches apart. But yeah, we're we're powering on. My other half's got a bit of a cold, but I'm surviving for now. Back in a uh, dingy little room in E&S Towers, like a new year hasn't happened. Same old, same old. More uh, Albion drama, more Albion wins on the pitch. So uh, here we are, 2023. Yeah,
0: 2023. Certainly starting with a a snotty bang, as far as I'm concerned, but a bang for <laughs> Albion anyway. But as always, it'll be a pack pod right, well for the right and for the wrong reasons. We'll talk reading. We'll pick the bones from the game. Um, We'll talk Chesterfield and the FA Cup. That's coming up on Saturday. We'll answer your questions, of which there is plenty. Um, And there's the small matter of Saturday's anti-lie, anti-loan, basically anti-whatever is going on behind the scenes at Albion protest. Um, oh, the transfer
1: window opened a couple of days ago. Monday, so Johnny. A... It was it was Monday, not Saturday.
0: Monday. Monday. So y- yeah, your days
1: day. are gone, mate. I'm still on festive time, mate. I'm still on festive time.
0: Um, And the transfer window opened on uh, on Sunday. So we'll uh, we'll we'll chat about that. Um, but if you've got any spare cash, send over to Carlos. I've is struggling a little bit at the moment with the, the transfer fund. So the club may need it. Um. But first of all, we're gonna start. We're gonna start with a new section. I've had a, been having a bit of a brainstorm over the last few days. We're gonna try and mix it up. We always like to move forward, do we, on the Baggies broadcast? Um, I got a new se- section. It's called Baggies Alternative Take. Now Lewis is looking at me very confusingly at the moment. <laughs> computer screen. Um, where I'm gonna try and give an alternative take. Um, either on the, it'll, it'll be Baggies related because it'll be about the game that's just happened. But either Baggies or non-Baggies from the game that's just gone by. Um, almost like. Basically, this is just a room 101. It's just a little place where I can just vent my anger at things that I just don't like about football and about what's going on on the Saturday. And I can guarantee that playing Sweet Caroline in stadiums will be banging this section in a few weeks time, because that's that's one thing that really does get under my bloody skin. Um, but yeah, so the alternative take, I'm going to put this to Lewis. I'll give my take on it as well. Uh, the booing of former players. Now, this was very, very prevalent at the Hawthorns on uh, on Monday. Um, started with John Swift, uh, a man who's played 202 times for Reading, scored 30-odd goals. Probably still the reason why they're still in the Championship, um, if we're all honest. Uh, and he was booed every time he touched the ball, and then he was booed when he was taken off. And then Andy Carroll, who he's not going to win any awards for being West Brom's best ever signing, or best ever short-term signing. Um, last season, I think he scored three goals. Um, but he was booed. And then Shane Long was booed <laughs> when he went off. Shane Long, the man who helped West Brom finish eighth in the Premier League, was booed. Now, so that I'm not singling out Reading fans here, I'm having a bit of a pop at the Baggies fans who were who were booing. Like, what's all that about? Like, what's your opinion on this, Coxie? Because it's getting. You sound me.
1: furious, Johnny. It's I really furious with you it. up, hasn't
0: it? I am furious with it. Like, why are these players being booed? Like, don't get me wrong. If, like, if, like, I don't know, a player has gone. But even in this case, if a player goes to a bigger club but says he's going to stay, then, yeah, all right, get a little bit annoyed. But, like, do you know what I mean?
1: But if I, quick, like, if, if I work for Tesco
0: and some, and Morrison's are going to pay me ten grand a year more, <laughs> do you know what I mean? I don't expect to walk back into Tesco on my way home from work and get booed.
1: It depends if you're in your Morrison's uniform or not. Well,
0: well, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Or like waving a Morrison's flag. <laughs> yeah.
1: think, um. It, here's a question. If so, if you were in the Hawthorns in in a fan seat as opposed to the press box, and and I think I know the answer here because I know you and I know what you like. You, you, are you saying that you wouldn't you wouldn't have booed? No, nah, nah. I wouldn't have booed long. No, like, no.
0: What's long done right? Like, no, no, no.
1: I, I agree. I, I think there's a split here, isn't there? Um. Also, I think there are two different. I think Boo and Andy Carroll, just in this example of the weekend, or Monday, I think Boo and Andy Carroll and Boo and Shane Long are two different entities, because I think in one in one case you got a, what was Carol? six-month loan, or what, not, not a loan was it, sorry, a six-month short-term deal, um, and then in Shane Long, how long was it at the Hawthorns five, six years, it, yeah. Uh, yeah, um, sure. as you say, at the top level. so. I think on one hand, you've got a player with, a, I would say, a strong connection, affinity with the club, mm. just in terms of being there for a period. And on one hand, you've got, I know Carroll's a high-profile player, but they come and go, don't they? He's you a know, player that turns out for six months, usually on loan and that kind of time. Um, not long enough to build up any sort of, you know, he didn't help win promotion, did he, or great escape or anything like that. So, and... <sighs> So I, I think it's two different cases. I think the Carroll thing, I think it's pantomime, isn't it? And and I would not just say an it's Andy Carroll. I'd say that for any sort of short-term player. Uh, if, if they've you know, whipped up a bit of a storm, especially, there's a lot written about Carroll, wasn't there? And Carroll had a pop a couple of months ago, didn't he? About when Bruce was still in charge or, or something like that. Um, so there's a little bit of water under the bridge there. And and also we must remember Andy Carroll's an easy Target isn't he? He's yeah. been sort of jeered across his whole career. But uh, if someone had a six-month, you know, no mark alone at Albion, played you know a handful of games, fans would struggle to even remember <laughs> the name, wouldn't they? Let alone sort of muster up the effort to boo. But I- I'm with you on the long thing. I think um, if a player's given considerable years of service in in, the, in in what is a short career, played a lot of games, scored a lot of goals, you know, at a great level. I I do think it warrants sort of a bit more respect. I, but I mean, I was speaking to a press box colleague about it actually um, when it happened, and because obviously, you know, spilling no secrets here, I'm I'm not an Albion fan, but you know, I've I've always looked out for the club as the club as where I'm from, and and my opinion of Shane Long. You know, starring for Arden in the Premier League, or, or not starting, but certainly a regular feature and doing well, is that he was a, a very effective player. Did well against top sides. You know, a massive part of it. I, I thought at the time he was very well, widely liked, respected mm-hmm. um, by the fans. I, I don't know how it ended. I heard a suggestion that there was a bit of water under the bridge when it when it ended. Maybe a little bit sour. I don't know if that plays a part in the reaction. And he's... I he's think
0: the West Brom cash in on him because he didn't have a well, of yeah. Deal.
1: He went to Hall, didn't he? Yeah. He scored, didn't he? And it's since been, you know, he's, he's done OK against Aberdeen on a couple of occasions, hasn't he? Um, I think whether that's a factor, I don't know. I, if, if there was no sourness at the end, you know, in, in his exit or water under the bridge, I think, I think it's tough to, I think it's harsh to, to boom. I really do. I like, say someone who's given such a, So it's good service to the club. Um, But it seems to be a thing in modern football, going back to what you said right at the top, doesn't it? It seems to be in the game now. You know, John Swift gave so much to Reading, didn't he? And they were properly jeering him the other day. Um, But I think there are still maybe extraordinary cases where, you know, you you get a real long-serving icon, almost legend, come back and, and they will get an applause. But they're rare these days, isn't it? It's like if a... Um well Brunty went on to Bristol City, didn't he? Or Brunto Morrison went went on somewhere and turned out against the Albion Would they be booed? Yeah. I don't it's difficult, isn't it? I don't I don't think so, but you know, you don't quite know if that pantomime element comes in. Um yeah, it's tricky. Just on this note, mate, I don't want to drag the point out any longer of your new segment, which I did enjoy. Um what about players not celebrating against former clubs, even if said former club they score against was only like a Month loan or you know six month loan that should get in the bin as well in my opinion.
0: Yeah, get that in the bin. Get it if you if you're like a club legend and then yeah, I wouldn't
1: expect Brunty to celebrate at the whole yeah for the opposite. But if
0: you've if you've played like 12 games and you're like giving it you know uh, no, no 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 yeah and that, like, get like a grip get yeah. a grip. Can you tell can you tell I'm ill and naggy <laughs> this morning? I really I I feel better. I've got a weight off my shoulders this morning. There's the Baggies Broadcast alternative take. Um, we'll have more. We'll have one a week, but Baggies fans, if you've got anything that you want to have a bit of a gripe about or a moan about, or, or you want me to have a moan about because I'll just moan about anything, um, send it in. Tweet us. We you love know, this I'll is going to be moan. a popular segment because we love moaning at football, don't yeah. we?
1: That's oh, yeah. the, that's the Everyone chief. Does. Sort Everyone of. does. Everyone does. Yeah, uh, yeah I'd love a, good, uh, love a good win.
0: Right, I've got that off my uh, shoulder. we better talk about a bit of football, haven't we? Um, I'll be one 1-0 over Reading on Monday afternoon. Um, it was hard work in the end. Lewis, just a few points that we didn't cover the other day. and Again, a few alternative points, really. Momentum, confidence, just absolutely coursing through the veins of the players at the moment. And For me, that's probably the biggest difference between... Don't get me wrong, Carlos Corbran is very tactically astute compared to Steve Bruce, or compared to Steve Bruce, what Steve Bruce is at the moment. Um, but confidence and momentum, in terms of the players, that's probably the main difference for me between what they had pre-Corbran and, and what they've got now.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I see your point there. Um, take your point. I think to add to that, and, and it comes with conf- confidence, I would say, but um, they just look, they just look, and and we had some quotes on this the other day, I think it was from Akai Kuslu, I think I'm right in saying, it, um, after Reading, that they, they just switched on to the point where they know, you know to the absolute inch what they're doing, what the plan is, what's being asked of them, what they should be doing with and without the ball. That comes down to coaching doesn't it and man management to the point of messages you know which is very impressive when you you realize that it's not the, the head coach's first language things like that basic things like that didn't speak english till about 10 years ago um but the message he's trying to get across he's getting it across superbly isn't he um so yeah i think down to knowing exactly what they're meant to be doing out there which i you know i don't think i'm not going to throw the previous manager un, you know under the bus here entirely, but I don't think that was the case at the end of Bruce's reign, coupled with the fact that I think the players were on the floor at that point, weren't they, in terms of confidence, certainly momentum as well. There was absolutely none of either of those. Um, and now it's the opposite, as you say. and They're into a winning habit, and it's a great habit to be in, isn't it? They're, they're, they're flying, they're confident, they're even. They, they made hard work of it the other day, as you rightly say, but they deserved it. Um, and they still had the sort of confidence to see it out. I mean, look at the, the defensive record, Alex Palmer's record. Um, still, There are still things to work on, let, let's be fair as well, because Reading could have quite easily equalised through Baba Rahman late on the other day there, couldn't they? And, you know, Alvin are still requiring Alex Palmer to stand up strong and make big saves, but, yeah, it, it couldn't be going much better, could it? Let's not kid ourselves. What is it, eight wins in nine? Unbelievable, really. And and the other one, I know Coventry were better than Albin and deserved the win, but you know last-minute penalty could have e- easily been a draw, couldn't it? So, yeah, they're flying. It's a bit of a shame we've got Middlesbrough a bit further up the table doing exactly the same. And mm-hmm. it's also a bit of a shame that the top two are so far ahead. But um, as Yacoushlu also said, by the way, how good is Yacoushlu playing at the minute? As, as he also said, it's um, not impossible, top two. we don't think, you know, it only needs one of those top two to just... Two or three without a win, doesn't it? If Albion keep winning, picture changes. So, um, long way to go.
0: Long way to go indeed. You mentioned Alex Palmer there. One observation I made, uh, I think it was against Preston, the players just looked so comfortable playing the ball back to him. Now, When Albion started, you know, prior to the World Cup, I think it was a case of Corbrand come in and, and said, right, well, we've just got to do by any means necessary to try and win the game. They were pretty games. Um, then it was the first game after that, Sunderland. When they started sort of playing out from the back and putting the fear of God into the supporters. But now we're sort of getting used to it, and they're just so comfortable playing the ball back to to Palmer, and he's so comfortable yeah. to receive it. He just doesn't look in any danger.
1: Yeah, it's it's growing and developing, isn't it? I, I remember seeing glimpses pre World Cup, but there there weren't many games on the court run really before the break, were there? But it, I remember you know Stoke in the last one. I remember seeing little flashes of it thinking this is interesting. And I think I remember saying it on a podcast before it, it seemed to be developing by the game almost. And and at this point, as you rightly say, I mean, it's not, Palmer's not reached sort of Edison, Allison, every, every touch is a pass type thing. There's still a couple of balls forward, but it, it really is a playing it out from the back theme developing, isn't there, in terms of a style. Um, and I have to say, credit to the keeper and the defenders for for managing it and handling it because it's not an easy thing to transfer to when you've been playing a different style of you know when you've not been doing that it's it's really not easy and um eric peters you know with the ball especially has been handling it superbly and same for O'Shea it must be said and and the fullbacks play their role as well i think they've they've handled it well for the most part you know otherwise albin wouldn't be on this superb run and um it's developing and growing and, and you're seeing Albion get out from it you know opponents are trying to trying to suss it trying to press it and trying to win the ball back high but it's working Albion are getting through it and, it and it starts starts moves you know you can build from there into midfield and attack so it's clearly the mat, the head coach's way and um yeah it's something i'm quite quite keen to ask him about actually because as, as you rightly say it has been um it's been building and it's been coming and now it's really clear isn't it in in a album's blueprint the way they they're passing it around out of their building from that back and um, w- which game was it was it it was not the reading game the previous Preston wasn't it before reading um the first 20 25 half an hour in that before Albion took the foot off the gas was um that was the right game wasn't it I'm trying to get my I'm getting all my games mixed up the, 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 the football they played at the start of that Preston game was, was superb um I, if, excuse me if I've got the games mixed up, but they were there were you know one touch pass and go you know, cutting and Preston and apart at will. It was um, wonderful to watch at times, and and that is the star we're, we're beginning to see. You know, he's only been in charge two months, which is a, a superb feat to have. You know, not only changed the mentality in terms of results, in terms yeah. of clean sheets, and we need to remember how what the defence and defensive record was like prior to Corburn as well. Um, Alex Palmer's not conceding from open play record run uh, barring two penalties obviously two conceded is frankly ridiculous isn't it given how easy Albion were to score against before and um, yeah it's it's not like Albion are just clearing their lines constantly lumping it forward to uh, DK or Thomas Santa like they say they're they're playing some risk reward football passing it out from Palmer it could easily go wrong and it's not and it's um, it's really impressive when you actually think when you think about the style that's come with it and, and everything. It's it's highly impressive. And, you know, what's the limit? Hopefully, Albion, you know, they're not going to maintain this run of wins, are they? This winning form. It's, they're going to be bumps in the road, draws, the odd defeat. But if they can stay to a level near to where they are, there's no reason why they shouldn't, you know, put themselves comfortably towards the top of the playoff pack. I'm talking third, really and then um, and then we'll see we'll see if uh, we'll see how it goes see if the top two fancy a little slip and, and and hopefully albin can just continue as dominant as they are and and look to punish them but it's a big big ask in it long shot but you never know yeah we've got a guest on the podcast now
0: yeah my dog jarvis has decided to to join us um any analysis boy I oh, he's just staring at me outside um Center, I don't want to talk centre backs because O'Shea is, uh, and Peters have have been there alongside each other, um, and Peters has done really well. Is that? Do you think maybe now that's sort of call, in Corbrand's thinking, that's his number one partnership? Given, given that Shemi Jai's out and and given the, the situation at the back,
1: um, I'm not. I, I wouldn't say that. Um, I would asterisk this by saying you know Peters has been fantastic hasn't he what I was thinking about this the other day actually and he was only signed on a one year wasn't he Peters Uh, he's 34 to be fair um but he's done an incredible job really and you know that's that's credit to how he is physically you know he had no club did he and he was training Robin and he slotted in and he's been able to play every game at his age but also the career he's had in terms of his ability with the ball just to say yeah I mean he's, he's a left back isn't he by trade and that's probably where the ball playing, you know, being comfortable with the ball moving forward comes from being a fullback who would have obviously got forward earlier on in his career. But he's doing it from centre-half and he's doing it so well and defending so well. He's he's also rugged, isn't he? Big physical, wins his headers. Um, I think O'Shea has been, been really good next to him and I think they've become a, a great partnership. But you ask an interesting question there and I think a timely one with Chesterfield on the horizon in the FA Cup. Because this is going, this is going to be with respect to Chesterfield. You know, how many changes is is Colbert going to make here? I mean, I I was actually writing a predicted team out yesterday, and it it could quite easily be eleven changes, couldn't it? Quite easily, just in terms of the squad. I think um, I'd include like starting you know maybe a Dean Garner and a Rogic there who didn't start the other day. You know, strong first team players. Who, uh, who would still be changes, obviously, you know, sprinkled in with maybe some youngsters and fringe players. But it could easily be 11 changes. And I certainly think we've got some quotes that will um, hopefully be going up online soon about this as well. I certainly think when it comes to you, Jay, who's obviously been out for so long on the bench recently and not obviously not so much Kyle Bartley, because he's still recovering after a setback with his, with his thigh. But when it comes to Ajay, I think he plays Saturday doesn't he? I think he you know he has to get some minutes back in the team, get a chance to impress. I think in the, in the long run he's part of the first 11 I would say still given how he did at the start of the season and just how he's been of you know over his time at Albion and you know you you have to remember how well Bartley was playing before the break as well don't you? I mean, you know he he more than played his part didn't he, Bartley? Um, defensively and certainly in the opposition box as well, he, he really was so he he would have something to say as well when fit I think, but then it becomes a really tough question, I mean you, regardless of how brilliantly he's done the, the obvious call is Peters is not a natural centre-half to, to either you know move out to left-back or come out the side um, I, I don't think that's deserved, but I think that's just what, what people would think um, but then you wonder, you know, you've got a Bartley O'Shea into two places. I, I don't really think O'Shea deserves to be dropped. I don't think Peters deserves to be dropped, to be honest. But um, it'll be fascinating to see what the head coach does. Like I say, I, I expect I expect it to be a Jay um, the weekend and, and, prob- and probably Martin Kelly as well at centre half with him. Um, just just for the the rest, you know, the changes, legs into fringe players. Um, and I no doubt we'll talk more about a Chesterfield side later, but. Um, yeah, it's, it's it's a really interesting debate to be had when they're all back fit. And is fit, but he's not match Sharp, is he? And, and this will help the weekend. Um, but it's hard and I don't think I can make a case and I don't want to make a case for Peters and O'Shea being broken up because that defensive clean sheet, not conceding from open play record, is unbelievable at the moment. It's staggering and it's credit to them and Palmer as well. Yeah, it would be a would be a tough break. What what was so with your? I mean, what what would you do then if? I'd
0: <sighs> stay as it is. Stay, as stay it, is.
1: As yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah. We yeah. don't deserve to change. I, I do think like if yeah. you're telling me that everyone's fit, available, and ready to play. If you're asking me what Albion's best first eleven is, you know, I, not taking into account form. Say it was the start of the season, you'd you'd have a J in there, I think, wouldn't you? But just in terms of where we are, I think it it has to stay on.
0: Yeah. No. It would be. Interesting to see. Interesting to know his, his thoughts on that. Um DKBTA, it's like a, a revolving door at the moment of, of who starts. Um, For me, I don't know what you think about Dow DK Lewis. He could have potentially had four or five on, on, um, on Monday. For me, it's going to take him another at least five to ten games to get as match sharp as West Brom would expect a £7 million striker to be given that he's had... Two really long term injuries. Um, yeah. I don't know what your thoughts on the on the matter. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. Um, it's difficult, isn't it? When uh, all we've seen of DK, and certainly myself, is post this injury, really. Um, so we we don't know what speed is yet for him. I think that's fair to say. We don't know yeah. what totally of match sharp is for him. Um, obviously he's a big unit. And I expect him to be the quickest player on the pitch, or or maybe even the sharpest. Maybe it's not his game, but I I did think early on the other day he looked a little bit I don't I don't, I don't know what the right word is to be honest. And reactive to some moves, and he, he wasn't quite able to use his body in some challenges. And I did I did wonder at one point in the first half whether he was he was feeling it, you know, and he was sort of holding back a little bit, and he was he was feeling his leg or. Or any issue and it did have me a bit concerned but um he firmly put that to bed on the hour didn't he with that diving header um and i think that's what you get you know that's what you're, you're paying your money for isn't it that, those moments of quality in front of goal that win your games um you know we have had it from the bench at sunderland and obviously the other day the other day was an important win wasn't it to continue that momentum and putting pressure on rivals on the table so i think you're right i think you're right it's we we need to remember that he's been out of the side for a full calendar year really um a whole year and yeah i'm including the the summer in that obviously but he still wasn't playing competitive football then was he so um it's naturally going to take time and and he's a massive unit as well isn't he he's not a little nimble player who you know i don't know smaller muscles might take a a bit less time to to get up to speed but he's he's a proper unit and And every time Carlos Corbran is asked about him, he does mention managing him, managing his training load and match load. Probably because, A, of the player he is and B, what's happened to him in the last 12 months. So I think Albina being really careful, which perhaps suggests the rotation. And by the way, I think it's also fair on Thomas Asante. I mean, I think Bristol, Bristol City. He's top scorer, isn't he? Thomas Santa, five goals, I think. So, uh, a couple of spectacular ones, obviously. And I'm a fan of his. I think he's done great, to be honest, given the step up. And I don't think the rotation is a, is a bad thing. I think it keeps them on their toes, keeps them fresh and sharp for when they're coming into the side as a starter. You know, you hope. Um, uh, and when they come from the bench as well, it adds, yeah, if they're needed, it adds a, a massive um, other dimension up front, doesn't it? And can, can influence the game, change the game, like we saw at Bristol City. So, yeah, I think it's working and I think he's being managed. And I think you're right, it's probably going to take another couple of months, really. Um, I think we'll possibly be into February, March, really, before we're seeing DK. Maybe at full speed, 100 mile an hour, you know, full full fitness and sharpness. And I don't think that's any bad thing, is it? I think that's to be expected as well.
0: Yeah, no, it's an interesting take. Um, right, time for an advert. Kettle Toaster Man He's um, back again. He's got everything, um, anything you want for your kitchen or for your home, any little appliance, if you want it, he's got it on Thorns Road in Briley Hill. Um, depends what you want. It's getting a little bit warmer outside now, so it might not be electric blankets. You might be looking at other different things. This is something I found today, something I I might get old off because I fancy one of these. It is a Beldray Revo cordless rechargeable lightweight handheld vacuum cleaner for just £25. What an absolute bargain now. I said to the boys in our uh, little Albion journalism car school, and um, it was my turn to drive to Bristol the other day, and I cleaned the inside of my car for what was the first time in a very long time. And it's looking pretty spectacular, and I'm going to try and keep it that way. So I might, I might have to get over to the counter and toaster and get, get myself one of these little handheld vacuum cleaners. Um, so can, but, as we said, you can go to... Sorry, Lewis, go on. No, go I was going to say...
1: Well, ENS Towers has, has recently implemented a new uh, tea and coffee making facility, as as you uh, heard pre podcast, Johnny. So, uh, yeah, the the powers that be might be taking a trip down to to our friends in Briley Hill.
0: Sorry, I was just going to start playing a the violin there because all you people over at ENS Towers have got to start making your own tea and coffee.
1: Yes. Pressing buttons on them. So microphone. long to the fob and the automatic <laughs> dispenser, but it's okay. We we move on.
0: <laughs> uh, as we say you can go to thorn's road in Briley hill and uh, to the Ketland Toaster Man store you can go online to callantostaman.co.uk right we're going to we're going to have a bit of a chat about the action for albion protest that took place on monday um i've got saturday written here but it was on monday um my days are still all over the place um just a little bit of bit of stuff to start with albion fans may have seen a, a, a few documents circulating online um last night regarding this um there's a 61 page document a registration of a charge um, which has been filed with Companies House on the West Bromwich Albion. Uh, sorry, I want to get this right. It's two companies West Bromwich Albion Group Limited. Um it's details of a charge. Basically, it's everything uh, relating to the MSD UK holdings uh, loan, the £20 million loan. So basically, it's it's all the stuff that the club has basically, for want of a better phrase, mortgaged the loan against. Um, So there's some interesting bits in there, but there's not really much more than we already knew. And I'm sure on the face of Albion fans will see it and think, oh, God, what's this, something else? But um, it just shows what what the loan has been taken out against. There's five pieces of land which has been taken out against, as you can can guess. One is the Hawthorns and the other is the training ground. Um, And then there's three other pieces of land, one on Hollyhead Road, Handsworth, which is near the ground. Um, Land on the north side, on the northwest side of Middlemore Road, which is the road that runs... When um, you come off the Birmingham Road and you sort of go down, down a bank uh, and then you can access it from the back of, uh, of the Smellick again, down a, down a, a long hill um, and then land um, uh, 146 Halfers Lane, which I was trying to work out last night. I put 146 Halfers Lane into Google and it come up with a house on Halfers Lane. So I don't know if it is actually a house or it's a piece of land. I'm not sure, um, but that's registered to West Bromwich Albion Football Club Limited. Um, so there, five pieces of land, and then myself and Lewis scoured through the through the, the document, the 61-page document. There's a piece of unregistered land, I believe, um, but it just says not applicable on that. And then it, it's all just tick box exercises, really. Um, I, I I pointed out to Lewis as well, there's um, a list of website domain names was listed as well. Uh, now, I don't know if the the loan has been taken out against wba.co.uk and tickets. WBK. I'm not too sure, I doubt it, but um, that's that's one of the other interesting nuggets that was on there. And there, there's a load of other stuff. It's all T's and C's and, and dot and C's and, and I's. And yeah, it's down there in black and white. It's, it's not it's not much more than we we already knew, to be honest. So on that front, I wouldn't say to Albion fans that's, uh, well they're already alarmed, but it's nothing to get more alarmed about. But just in terms of the protest, Lewis, um, I was outside. You texted me saying you could hear it from out inside. I think one thing that we're not going to know, and well, unless Albion come out and say so, that or Albion do anything, is if it's made an impact. It made a statement, certainly, but I suppose now we've got to wait and see if it makes an impact, and and it's hard to gauge whether it will make an impact with those that actually really matter
1: at the club. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it will have been felt clearly by those there at the stadium for the, for the game the other day, um, uh, directors of club, certainly, um, of which there are, there are, uh, clearly chief executive, Ron, Ron smart um, there's Mark Miles as well, isn't there? not on, on the non-footballing side. There's four members of that particular board, aren't there? I'm not sure exactly how many of those are at the game, but clearly, obviously the, the, uh, the protests were, were held there to be that's that's obviously where the directors offices are isn't it I, I think I'm right in saying that was the plan of, of why um wanted it there for for bigger impact and you know, we saw on some videos being shared online uh, sort of curt, windows blinds being shut um away from it which yeah I mean I think it it's very fair to say it would have been felt by those there um obviously those it's more pertinent those not there isn't it and and, and those not in the country but um uh ken is british english based over here isn't he so um that that would be interesting because say you know zuki known as as ken they'll be feeling it everyone based over here and they'll be very much aware of protests going on, have been going on for a while and and ever growing. And as we said the other day, you know, to have something physical, you know, well attended, peaceful as well. you know Credit to the people that protested outside the ground the other day. As I said, it's it's ramping up. And uh, as the feeling gets more um, of worry and fear and helplessness, it, it will continue to ramp up, won't it? I think until the, there are more answers or there's a repayment. So, will it have an impact? I suppose that means will it lead to anything changing? Um, That's hard to say, isn't it? And and we don't know the answer to that. And nobody does other than the uh, the chairman and the controlling shareholder. I think so. But will it have an impact in terms of um, you know action for Arbin who behind the protest obviously have said they want answers, don't they? A bit more clarity and obviously transparency and. know some some words from the club about what is happening why is it happening will it lead to that we hope so Uh, everyone hopes so but it's it's hard and well pretty much impossible to say whether it will um so we 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 ask and have asked for answers and you know we'd love to be able to to get them and be able to bring you more on that but um that's not up to us unfortunately and and we'll see Uh, obviously we've had the short statement from the club and, and the new year on December the 31st when the or was it December the 1st no it's the 31st wasn't it when the deadline was and, and was missed obviously saying that uh, you know there have been assurances to the board that uh, said five million will arrive from Mr Light or was it early in the new year um, yeah pretty vague to say the least so when does that mean will it arrive who knows? We've got to wait and see, haven't we? But uh, two deadlines missed of you know significant time period gone for, for both. Um, you know, what hope as I as I wrote in a comment piece, you know, and as Albion fans voted on our website as well, Johnny. Um you know, what hope do fans have of you know, what belief and trust do they have in in that being repaid? You know, very yeah. little to none, is it realistically? So um I suppose the only hope we can have on the protest front as that ramps up and now, credit to the fans is that um that the club when 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 they have the chance to because as as I also wrote, you know, it the face and the, the voice of it is the chief executive and you know these are not not saying all of them, but these are not his calls, his decisions, necessarily ones he agrees with. It's it's difficult to sit and answer and face that and talk it up, isn't it, when it's not your cause and your sort of hand is tied or hands are tied. So I have an element of I know, understanding on that front. But um yeah, hopefully more answers soon is all we can hope and wish for. Yeah, well, that's kind of an expression, but there's still a bit of radio silence from the mm.
0: from the club.
1: Um I suppose in terms of
0: what what happens next depends on how thick lies skin is, I suppose. And um and if this if it gets to a point where he goes, Oh, I just pay the five million back you know, if he's got the money to pay it back, that is. You know, will he get to that point or you know, I suppose and we can sit in the thing is, and the thing that really gets me, I wasn't gonna rant on this point and I'm gonna try not to, but the thing that gets me is that we as support we as as reporters, you know, we want to bring you stuff that is factual and, and, and we do it. When we've got it, we do. You're the first ones to know. Um but the fact that there's so little information is that we just can sit here and speculate? Like, you know, we're just speculating if when when Lie might do this or when Lie might do that, and and I think that's the. And I, I'm just fed up at the moment, and I'm just fed up of coming on here every week and 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 calling out the powers that be to come out and talk. And 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 I, and I mentioned it briefly on our last podcast, but I will mention it again with the fact that Ron Gourlay, I've given him a lot of, of stick. You know, and a lot of it quite rightly, I I believe, and um, you know, I've got nothing against the guy personally. I don't really know him on a personal I think he's very nice. He, he said hello and and stuff like that. And but the what the only thing that we can can really say at the moment is, yeah, he needs to come out and talk. He needs to come out and talk and say what he can say. But you know, the five million pound loan wasn't taken out when he was here, and and he wasn't part of this MSD loan as well. that what that wasn't his decision. Um, but there's not. We can keep we can we can keep saying the same things, um, and, and keep banging the drum, but someone's got to come out. It's it's about pride for me. It's about personal pride, and it's about decency now. You know, and this is more on lie really, and Ken as well. Like you say, Ken is based in in the UK. You know, he knows the ins and outs of the football club.
1: Very um, much so um, on the Ken front. Yeah. I think, Johnny, you you know, know, if, if it's not all, you know, sole, sole director of of the group as well, isn't he? Where the you know, where the 20 million loan is yeah to be remembered so you know he's clearly from being a sole director playing a playing a big role here a very big role as you know, you know lies eyes and knees over here you know um so i think yeah, you know, clearly a lot of rage and iris towards um the chairman but you know to ken as well i think we need answers um so yeah yeah but i you're right there. I, just on on the chief exec front, um, I'm sorry to interject like that, but yeah, on the, on the chief exec front, you, you're right. And as you rightly say, like then the not his cause, and it's difficult to to talk on those. But I, I think what yeah you know, some fed up fans would you know say is that when the chief exec came in, you know, sort of said, well, you know, I want to improve relations and speak more and. Another club have said he he speaks at the assemblies doesn't doesn't he with fans fans at those but obviously fans not not at those want to hear as as well which I understand and he said he wanted to improve nah, that transparency and relations on that front and yeah perhaps that you know I know there hasn't been a sit down with him per se other than a manager announcement since since the summer and perhaps that could have been improved on but yeah you know, there, there are clearly. Reasons. I mean, we don't know directly, but reasons why that hasn't happened, and there's been a lot going on, hasn't there? Like a hell of a lot it, behind the scenes, clearly. But then on the football front, Steve Bruce was very close to the axe for for a long time, wasn't he? So you know, I think there's situations where it's it's like, well, you know, if, if we put up you know, Rongole to the to the press and to face questions, you know, be it on the football front when things were terrible. Let's be honest, relegation zone, or or on the club finances ownership front it's just going to be hounded and peppered with, rightly so, by the way, with with questions that are very tough and difficult to answer, but pretty much impossible to answer. And whatever he does answer with is going to get, you know, maybe torn through by the readers and obviously supporters anyway. Um, Bit of a lose-lose situation. I'm not saying I get it, but I I see that from the club side of it, but, but also, look, you know, fans will, will rightly say, well, you know, it's your role to to speak to us. But yeah, just, just giving some thoughts on that, really. Um, yeah,
0: just on that. He, yeah. But I think regardless of what was going on, on the pitch, you know, that's probably the only stick you can really beat Gourley with, is the fact that he, he he's preached transparency and, and he said he's going to have all these sit-downs and it hasn't happened. But, you know... It, yeah, no, it's no, not, I'm it's not, not in, it I'm just No, it no, and, of and, and we're talking. not. Apolo- and, and just to, more to Albion fans, we're not apologists for for our goal. Like you know, Albion fans were sceptical before he came in because of, of what Reading fans had said, but you know, and he has done some good stuff at Albion. I, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna knock that. Um, but he's got to come out now, or Ken's got to come out now. Someone's got to come out now, or you know, it's just gonna be on a slippery, slidey slope to. God know what and uh, and yeah we just it's just it's just information it's just on it's decency at the end of the day and 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 lie really hasn't got any if he's not going to come out and uh, uh, and explain and, and you know we're in a deadlock at the moment we don't know where it's going to go from here um and it's and, and and just to talk about something alternatively to this because you know not alternatively but on the same lines you know the coverage is getting more and more now. And, and you know, we said what we, we said about Lyle, Gourlay, and, uh, and then about Ken today. But the fact it's happened is more, that, is more than anything. The fact that, yeah, OK, you can see these you see these clubs at right the Football League that are financially unstable and then someone comes in uh, with a big promise of cash, but they haven't really got the money. Um, but our, how did the, the authorities have allowed a football club which was so financially stable to be sold to someone who, in effect, didn't have the resources behind him to, or or, or has been able to do this. And I know fitting proper person's test can't foresee what someone is going to do with a football club, but I'd be very surprised if there maybe wasn't a couple of little alarms when it all first happened. You can't burn the AFL, you can't burn... It's been Premier League. I don't really know how the system works. Albion were in the Premier League when lights up over, but there's got to be an over. I don't know. They're setting up this independent body, or whatever it is, and and I hope it does some good work. Um, let's be honest. It'll probably be another five years before that's set up. But there needs to be someone whose sole purpose is to dig and dig and dig and make sure that these clubs are being taken over by someone who's not going to run it into the ground and not going to. Who, who can prove that they have capital and, uh, and money behind them to actually run these clubs, these clubs mm. properly? You know, when you look at it on the face of it, I was looking, to thinking about it today. If Albion, I don't think Albion are going to go to the wall. That's my opinion. I think it could get close, but I don't think it will happen, and it, it rarely does. We, you think the amount of clubs that have gone into administration in the last thirty years in English football, one has gone bust in in, in Bury. Um, I think one anyway. If if there's others, I stand corrected.
1: Is Mac another one?
0: Yeah, Mac, Yeah, maybe Macclesfield, Yeah, they were down in the non-league, weren't they at the time? I mean, they, they'll have been um, more
1: going back a bit more historically, weren't they? Like yeah, um, like uh, was it, Darlington? And yeah, Darlington,
0: but if you look at but but yeah. say in the last, so say in the last fifteen years, so since Portsmouth. Yeah, fifteen. So this to 20, is, years. this doesn't yeah. in the last fifteen years. This doesn't include Portsmouth. Probably the biggest club to go into administration since then is maybe Derby. Coventry, I think, went into administration. Um, if West Brom went into administration, or West Brom went, that's a big statement, that a club of West Brom's size can, this can happen, or this is allowed to happen to a club of this size. It's just, football's wrong, isn't it? I mean, football's a business, it's money oriented and I get it, but the fact that it's, a, it's allowing to happen, it's allowing owners to come in and treat football clubs as any other regular business don't get me wrong it is a business but it is more than a business do you know what i mean it's people's and and businesses are people's lives as well but do you know what i mean it's people's lives it's their you know do do you know what i mean other businesses just using the supermarket analogy you know what i mean they're businesses but you don't spend your saturday afternoon from three till five in aisle seven chanting we all love tesco but do you know what I mean? It's
1: not, it's yeah, it's know. their passion, yeah, yeah. Mate, this
0: flu be. is really getting to my head, I'm telling you.
1: I'm losing, yeah. it um, just like so. De- not, not devil's advocate, but just pointing out something there. I mean, you mentioned like you know, fit and proper and all of that when obviously the takeover happened in 2016. Um, playing devil because I, you know, devil's advocate, and you know, without the experience of having covered the club through this, um, money has been spent, hasn't it? Clearly, I mean you know, you look at the squad now, and what, Carlin Grant, Daryl DK, and I'm just yeah. thinking transfer fees there, uh, and listen, I know, you know, parachute payments and all of this, I know, you know, not saying that every bit of money has come from there, and, and that, um, but some some people I, I've seen, and I know having spoke to them, would point under life stewardship at appointments, wouldn't they, in terms of...
0: Yeah, appointments, and then, I think one thing that, and you'll never find this out, but from those transfer fees spent since he took over be interesting to see how much of it actually came directly from Lie, um oh, yeah. and what, what actually came from what was earned and but generated. wages as well what what was yeah. the period
1: was it was I, I believe it was in our relegation season was it not correct me if I'm wrong Johnny uh um, yeah when when was it the loan of uh Kukowiak, was it yeah. the, the, the wages think he's on hundred um, thousand. It. It? It? I
0: mean, was was on... as well. Um, yeah, that Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know that that that's
1: can't it. have had. Well, it certainly wasn't healthy financially at the time. That I know, Albion was still in the Prem. They were about to go down, and then obviously parachute payments. But I I, I highly doubt that's done anything to help wages between then and now. You know that the, the yeah. finances, sorry, between then and now. You know what I mean? Um. So yeah, and, and obviously, you know, bad appointments, In in hindsight, or poor appointments, or people who weren't. Controlling things right at the time, made the decisions on those signings. Oh, what, it's, it's what, those signings could have been yeah. great and saved Albion, couldn't? could have they? In, in their top tier status, but but they didn't, obviously, and uh, yeah, turned out yeah. to be terrible decisions.
0: Just on an ownership thing as well, and and it's good, but this this would never happen in an official capacity. But um, Gauchan lines obviously come into a football club, and he hasn't really got much knowledge of football, you know despite the fact that he said in his introduction statement to Albion fans years ago that he remembers Albion's 1970s or something trip to China, which I doubt you probably would. Um, but and we see all the time owners going to clubs. Owners of football clubs don't really they um, And what we saw it, and so I'm a bit close to over myself, and it's been all over web um, that, you know, Wrexham's famous American owners took over the football club. Now, if you've watched the the Welcome to Wrexham documentary, you'll know that Ryan Reynolds and Rob McElhenney at Wrexham, I haven't got a clue about football, haven't a clue. But what they have have smartly done is surrounded themselves with people that that do know what they're talking about. So they were advised by Peter Moores, who was the chief executive of Liverpool. They were advised by Sean Harvey, who was the EFL chief executive. And they went and got Burton Albion's chief executive, or manager director, who was one of the best in the country. And that's why they're doing it. And I know it's on a lower level. I, did, I get that. And, you know, you're not comparing apples with apples. But maybe that's something that football clubs have got to do. You know, if you go in and you, you're all right, you've got the money, you've got the war chest. But if you haven't got the knowledge, you need to surround yourself with people who do have the knowledge. And there has been people at Albion on the board. Obviously, there is, you know, Mark Jenkins, who was there previously, you know, and, and other board members. But obviously not enough because Albion are in this position now. And 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 you know that's that's another point of view. And, and we're going on probably way too long than we should do about this topic because there's not a massive amount we can say anymore. But um but yeah, maybe that's another point, you know. Yeah, well it's all part that's of, why that's why these part months, of the six so, years, isn't it? Yeah. It's
1: all part of what's gone on um and, under the um you know underlies tenure. So it's it's all obviously built up to where it is now. So it's relevant, but it's um yeah, there's a lot to Untangle and unmind Clearly
0: Let's untangle A lot of questions Need answering And they still remain Unanswered Right we've got loads of questions That need answering So I'm going to rattle through them That have come from The Baggies fans For this first podcast Of 2023 Right Lewis keep your thinking caps on uh, Baggy Al Cheers for your question Baggy Al. Going to be mischievous If we get to the playoffs Is there anyone who would fear Who we would fear Playing Middlesbrough is the obvious one due to the current form, but Norwich, if they get a good manager, um, just on that breaking news, David Wagner has just agreed to become the new Norwich manager in principle. I'm reading on Twitter, um, previously linked with Albion. Um, it's back to the question, but Norwich, if they get a good manager, could things could quickly turn things around like we did. Um, my response, but yeah, don't worry about that. We're going to be in the top two. Don't worry about the players. Sorry. Don't
1: worry about it. Don't worry about it. You enjoy your day. I think, yeah, I mean, great answer, Johnny. You know, fair play. Um, It's hard to say, isn't it? It's hard to say because, you know, the form table, the form book, things could be totally up. I'm not saying regards to Albion, you know, hopefully Albion are still flying when it comes to the end of the season. But regards other sides, it could be upside down between now and then, couldn't it? So, you know, at the moment you'd say Borough and Albion and and, the form sides outside of the top two, clearly. But I say just the change at Norwich there, you'd expect them to be around it expect a surprise package or two, but listen, not just going by the squad and the players they have and how well the new head coach has done, no one will, no one will want to play Albion. I think that's pretty clear.
0: Yeah, Spencer George Goss got us with another question. Um, Does Carmen Grant have a future of the club and if not should we, should we be looking to move him on in January to free up wages? Also will CC be looking to recall any of our loaned out players to take a look at them through Jan? Now I read something Lewis a while ago on Twitter, someone was tagged in it. Caleb Taylor might be getting recalled in January. I um, don't know if there's any <laughs> truth in that or whether he might be going somewhere else. I think that uh, was
1: um, a bit of misinformation, potentially. Uh, I think we saw that at the time. and
0: thought, fake, fake news. Odd. Yes. Yeah, we've not uh, heard
1: it from Albion. We've not heard it from Carlos Corbran, certainly. Um, no. Look, we want to, it's certainly one to check in with. I'm sure he's well aware and keeping track of Taylor's form there in League One. Um, good question, by the way, Spencer, wasn't it? Um, regards Grant, does he have a future? What I would say, interestingly, and I hope to publish a few quotes on on Grant this week, so keep an eye out for those from from the head coach. But he, yeah, he's obviously had had Grant at his former club Huddersfield, although they didn't, you know, they barely worked together for a couple of weeks, I think it was, before Grant moved to the Hawthorns, actually. Um, but he does, he does speak about him. Considering Grant's had very little time on the pitch, hasn't he, under core Grant, very little, um, but he, he's always raised in press conferences, you know, and that's volunteered, that's not necessarily being asked. In fact, it's very rarely being asked, but he, he will, you know, he will name drop Grant and read into that what you will. Um, and he spoke very interestingly, specifically about his p- position recently, about how Grant is a,
0: you know, he's a left
1: sider and he, he's definitely not a striker. So that was interesting. Um, again, another one like I said about Aj earlier, was it that will almost certainly feature at Chesterfield the weekend? But I think does he have a a long term future? I I'm certainly not sold on that. I I wouldn't like to say yes or no because uh, could easily be wrong. But um, you know, from from how it looks at the moment, clearly you know he's he's not near the first eleven, is he? Often doesn't come on in games from the bench. Uh, unless i are having a sort of cruising. Um, but things can change. Only takes a couple of injuries or absentees, absentees, doesn't it? And things can change. Grant was scoring a couple of goals at the start of the season, wasn't he, when he was being relied on as the number nine uh, as a centre-forward, which Corbin doesn't think is, is his position. Um, the other part of the question was, you know, should should been looked to, to move him out? Well, I mean, Albion still haven't paid his his entire fee, have they? Yeah, anywhere close. They paid half-ish, roughly. I, I think I've I've read. Um, but uh, you know, let's f- find a find a buyer to stump up the cash it would take to, to buy him. Um, is the big one there, isn't it? If Albion were looking to to get him off the books, you know, m- maybe understandably from the wage perspective or to recoup whatever of that transfer fee, they can find someone who's, who's willing to take him. And I don't doubt there'd be championship sides very willing to have Carl and Grant as part of their armoury. Absolutely. You know, he scored goals, does not he, I swear, and even at Albion. But it's then find a club that, that can afford it, isn't it? That's, that's where it is. And um, afford what? What would an asking price be? You know, who knows? But it would be a few million, wouldn't it? You would expect. Albion wouldn't want to take an absolute 100% complete hit. So, um, yeah, a few issues with that one. But I've no doubt that Grant will be leaned on and required this season under Corbrand in, you know, in some capacity, you know, availability, injuries or from the bench. So I think he might have a, you know, a, a part yet to play this season, certainly.
0: Yeah, cheers for your question, Spencer. Very uh, interesting question. Uh, Matt, uh, sorry, Matthew Botfield, given the huge turn turnout in form, um, do you think the issue on the pitch for the last few seasons has been down to poor managerial appointments? Bruce's tactics were right outdated. Val tried to play the style for sap for an underdog team. Um yeah, but then I think the players need to take a little bit of responsibility as well. I don't think the players cover themselves in glory under Val and under Bruce. But yeah, probably the yeah, you've got to say, you've got to say you you don't have two bad seasons or have a bad season under two managers and then throwing another manager and not praise him for turning things around, which he has done. Um, so that's probably, yeah,
1: brand's influence is probably the main reason, well, it is the main reason why Albion are where they are at the moment. Right, yeah, I mean, yeah, it didn't happen under two predecessors, did it, in the previous season? Um, So, clear, yeah, clearly, and, and that's not to say, yeah, like you look at the playing squad, but then you look at the playing squad was good enough better than where it was, where it where it ended. Um so the predecessors you know should have either should have done better or they weren't the right appointments. They weren't the right time. They didn't bring the right style. Any of the above is is relevant in my opinion. Um albeit a little difficult for me to say without having seen a lot of it. But uh, but yeah. Yeah down to the down to the head coach. He he he's getting out of this squad what you know I think is there, you know, in terms of quality wise for the championship.
0: No it's uh It's an interesting, uh, an interesting question. Um, Question on Ken Zahor here with the transfer window open. Is there any, no matter how small, (laughs) um, interest in the forgotten waste of space? Um, Obviously, Carlos is another long line manager who doesn't rate him. Um, Is there any interest in in Big Ken?
1: Well, uh, we're hoping with the um, chance to see uh, Carlos later this week, pre Pre Chesterfield for his press conference. Um I think I think Big Ken would would be on the agenda to to speak about because obviously Corbin's predecessor said he was, you know, up available to leave. So um be interesting to see if that's still the stance. You'd have to imagine it is. He's not making the squad, is he for league games? He's he's playing for the the twenty ones. Um he might get a run out on Saturday or might be on the bench. But yeah, I mean if Al- if Albin could find a a buyer to you know to get him off the wage bill, which you know they, they clearly want to do because he's not involved, or you know get any feedback from him. I'm sure they'd, they'd love to, but again, it's just it's not as simple as fee for a football manager, is it? Unfortunately, um, yeah, as, as we, we we might all like it to be, which i are uh obviously finding out.
0: Um, Son of Patel, a regular listener with a question: with the turmoil off the pitch, but the brilliance on it. Can you think of any examples where a team is successful despite finances? Finances being in disarray, does it ever happen in football? Or does the does the on-pitch long-term success always have to go hand in hand with financial stability? I suppose it is quite rare. Um, I remember listening to a podcast not long ago. I think Notts County won a league a few few years ago while they were on the brink. Um, they like had the ride, didn't they, under that ownership, Notts County? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, sorry, my dog is just chewing up one of my. Uh, the pillows that my girlfriend puts and it's brand new and she'll go mad. It, oh, damage. you'll be uh, don't chew that.
1: No, no pun intended in the doghouse there, mate. Yeah, and the doghouse certainly. Um, um, yeah, yeah I it, can't. It, it,
0: more, it doesn't happen really, does it? A
1: lot. I saw someone ask that question actually, and and uh, as as is rare, I was doing a bit of prep, trying to do a bit of preparation just in terms of on the drive into the office today, having a think, and I'm not sure I can remember <sighs> too many examples really. Um, I'm sure there are some going, you know, down the leagues over the years. I'm sure there would be some. Um, Pompey rings a bell. They had. They won an FA Cup, didn't they? Years but of. They got struggle, rele- didn't they? But they got years relegated. Of, years of uh, admin as well. Pompey wasn't it, I think. Well, um, they won an
0: FA Cup and then got relegated in the same
1: season, I think, didn't they? Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, but I then obviously slipped through the divisions to League Two, didn't they? And they're still obviously in League One. Sorry, they
0: finished runner-up in the FA Cup. And got
1: relegated in the same season, I think. Yes, that was the season they beat Alvin in the semis, wasn't it? Uh, no, no,
0: no, different. This was oh, the year different. after.
1: Yeah, under Avram,
0: under Avram Grant, I think.
1: Yes. Yeah. yeah. Um, sorry, Johnny. I know you rightly don't like to talk about that semifinal, but yeah, um, don't.
0: Don't. I'm. 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 I'm emotionally unstable as it is with this flu. Yes. Sorry. Um, <laughs> do, you
1: know that, do you know one? Do you know Do you know one that? Actually, really randomly jumped into my mind, and I guess this is one you either have followed or, or know about, or or you, or you don't. Um, the Scottish case of Gretna. Do you remember Gretna?
0: Yeah, Gretna. Yeah.
1: They, they they flew up the leagues, didn't they? Um yeah. I, I don't know the ins and outs. I really don't. And I, I was on. Yeah, you know, I was a bit younger at the time. So I didn't follow it closely, but they flew up the leagues, really competitive, successful. Did they get into you possibly? Then they got um, to the Scottish Cup final. Yeah, yeah, and they were obviously. You're mixing it in the top tier, and then, you know, whether they had a backer or obviously money man or, or whatever, it, it dried up or finished, and then they were, you know, not not just back down the leagues; they ceased to exist pretty quickly, didn't they? Um, and I think there's a phoenix club there now. I think I'm right in saying, but they're still further down the levels. So that example randomly sprung to mind because they had serious, obviously, you know, success inspired by by finance, and then it all just fell away, you know, disastrously and rapidly. But yeah. Um, not too, I can't think of too many obvious, clear examples, but there's probably many that we're forgetting.
0: Yeah, a couple more. Uh, Darren Price with the window reopening in hindsight was our shambolic deadline day actually a good thing. Roger, has been great, and with Livermore not making the bench, it's hard to see another midfield playing regularly. Signing Piers has meant we have a better balance of the squad. Um, yeah, it's a good take, really.
1: Um, I'm sure Steve Bridges has, a great, been a Steve. Good signing, has been a very good signing, hasn't he? Piers has been a very good signing.
0: I'm sure Steve Bruce sitting at home on his sofa is probably not agreeing with that about um, about the shambolic deadline day actually being a good thing. Um, I was
1: thinking I was thinking the um, other day, Johnny. Sorry, randomly, it is related, but how interesting it is that Peter's signed on a one-year deal and Martin Kelly got two. Yeah. Uh, because I I just think you know not much behind this, but just thinking, how I mean, it probably you know just by how involved they have been. Obviously, Kelly's you know, barely played. Peter's been a bit of an ever-present of late. Um, I've been mean, probably you know, wanted it to be the other way around, wouldn't they? And I've have, have the luxury of a couple of years from Peters as, as he is the one in the not just in the squad but in the side, yeah.
0: No, it's an interesting take.
1: Similar, well, well, actually, Peters has got a couple of years on Kelly as well. Peter's 34, I think Martin Kelly 32. So, um, yeah. and you know, Peters has played football of late, hasn't he? When Martin Kelly, um, clearly struggled for a couple of years, but uh, yeah, interesting.
0: No, it's um. Is indeed a good take. Cheers for your question. One final question. Um, and it's going to come from Happy B seventy-nine. Who is oh no, we've got two, we've got two. Maybe two. I need to read this other question to make sure it's not libelous. Um Happy B seventy nine. Um, Happy New Year, chaps. Um, I read an interesting theory that such is the incompetence of the ownership, it results in MSD eventually being owed so much that they directly take over the club or broker the sale to another party. Any thoughts? Oh, again. At, at least they know how to run a business. Mm. Um, it's tough to say, isn't it? Really, I don't, I don't rule. I wouldn't rule anything out, given what's happened at Albion in recent years. But yeah, it's, I'd say, I, well, probably you're probably similar Lewis It's hard to, to say if that is going to happen or not, or whether that it's it can even ha- actually can happen. But I suppose you know, if if Albion don't pay the loan back, or can't afford to pay the loan back, then the assets get sold. Before MSD takes an ownership, or if they could take an ownership.
1: Yeah, sorry, Johnny, uh, my laptop had a moment when you were speaking um, just then. So I missed the, like half of that question. So
0: um... we'll have to read it out. We'll read it out again. Happy New Year, chaps. Um, I read an interesting theory that, such as the incompetence of the ownership, it results in MSD eventually being owed so much that they directly take over the club or broker a sale yeah. to another party. Any thoughts? At least they know how to run a business. Um, I suppose it's like I like I just said that it's hard to say well yeah um, no it's
1: it yeah um, yeah
0: whether it's even possible I don't know I'm not no I I, I,
1: you, it's hard to answer and you I wouldn't like to say that knowing the legalities and the you know the, I'm a long way and far from a financial expert so um yeah it, it is hard to have an answer on these things but you know the, when you read it I mean the thing that jumped out to me was you know the worst case scenario type thing but you know, the worst case scenario is stuff we've talked about previously, isn't it, in terms of, um, you know, administration and clubs going to the wall. So, um, yeah, hopefully we don't, you know, we don't get, don't get down the line to that point is all that we can, um, you know, cling on to and hope for really. Um, but ha- And it's plotting away, you know, finding, finding your way out of the woods, isn't it? And, and hoping that things can take a turn for the better. They seem to be doing on the pitch and, yeah, can they do it off it? Let's let's hope for a better 2023 on that note.
0: Yeah, fingers crossed. Um, thanks for your questions, baggage fans. Right, FA Cup, Chesterfield. Um, Lewis said he got a predicted lineup for us. Lewis, what? Uh, what oh. well, give us your give us your early yeah. prediction. I've got a squad list in front of me, so I'll do the same as well.
1: Well, I was just, I was, um, yeah, I I did one yesterday, and I was just trying to go from a four two three one, just trying to keep you know think what it would be. if, if Corbank kept the same formation. And uh, I think I came up with Button and Golf. Yeah. I imagine there'll be changes. Um right I, I said I said earlier, didn't I, Jay and Kelly centre half. So I think I think my right back could possibly be Ethan Ingram. Um yeah. Just for the lack of too many other options, really. I think there's obviously the Zach Ashworth option on the left, but I think I went with Reach. Um I went with Adam yeah. Reach and I, one of his many positions. One but, of the so, two. Yeah, so that's the back four. Um I think the is centre it, Who's is,
0: your, you playing centre half?
1: Oh, sorry, Kelly and Ajayi, sorry. Kelly um, Ajay. yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ingram Reach, uh full backs. Centre mid's quite straightforward. I think but, Livermore and Gardner Hickman. Livermore coming back into the squad. Not been involved as, as late, just as a selection. Um Gardner Hickman with a start. I, and I put as I, as I touched on earlier, I I think Dean Garner and Rogic. Didn't and I've been involved of late. didn't start the other day, did they? So I think that might be a stretch. I don't know if players of, of that level will be involved. I don't know. Clearly, it could go a lot think, longer. I, don't,
0: I don't think the dog quite agrees with you, Lewis. Oh,
1: okay. Sorry. Hold on two seconds. Probably many Albion fans don't agree with my suggestion either. <laughs> Johnny's going to salvage his uh, his living room as, as I speak for <laughs> all listeners. <laughs> There's great background noise there um Yeah, for for anyone still unfortunately listening, um I went yeah. What was it, my forward three So oh, he's back. Hello. Hold on. Hold
0: on. Um,
1: Hold so on. I included. I, I'm talking on to the, the listeners, Johnny. I included Dean Garner and uh, and Rogic in my front three, and also carlin uh, Grant on on the left side of that. I mentioned that Corbrand sort of sees him out there in that role, and and I think that's what many of us see, isn't it, rather than a centre forward. So yes, Johnny, I've gone for Dean Garner and Rogic as part of the three, with Grant on the left. So, you know, Dean Garner out to the right and I think Rogic in the hole. I can see that, having not started the other day. And I've just about gone Cleary up front. That was, I, I don't think it'll be Tom Sante or DK, And, yeah, Cleary or Zahor, is Zahor going to be involved at all? We don't really know. I think Cleary's yeah. involvement earlier in the season might give him the nod. But yeah, that's my 11. you will certainly be on the bench. Is your living room in one piece? Mate, that's,
0: Oh yeah, it is. I don't know what he's whinging at. He's probably just fed up a bag. He's chatting, he. um but yeah. If you, I've googled Albion squad. This is a little bit of a funny, funny tale to, to finish off the pod. I've googled Albion squad, um, and it's on the club website. it's got their middle names: um, Jake, Cyril, Livermore. Just a few, uh, a few right. ra- random, random middle names, um, which is. Uh,
1: hopefully Just named after the great reach cyril
0: cyril yeah potentially potentially
1: that'll be yeah. one to find out yeah, well, yeah. I mean, we know we've got some cyril connections haven't we Brad, be, Brad yeah kenneth
0: Zahor's first name is actually albin did not know that
1: first albin oh maybe that's on his wikipedia let's have a look albin
0: kenneth um, darrup zahor there you go that'd learn be an expensive
1: something. one for the back of the shirt i oh, know
0: yeah learn something new remember that at uh, the shots
1: where they charged you by the letter
0: I know, I know. Yeah, long, long time. I've had Albion shit for a long, long time. Lewis, um, no, just final one. Do we know you what? Carlos Lara, is...
1: You didn't get Laris Sigurdsson on your back, did you? When you were a nipper. Short ones, I know. I was got short. Ones. <laughs>
0: um, do we know what Carlos's stance on the FA Cup is? Whether he is going to make all these changes? Do we know if he? Right. If he? Um, some managers don't really care about the FA Cup anymore, do they? You
1: know no, he's, he's not been asked yet. That, that'll come in, in his when he speaks in his press at, before the game. Obviously, we'll bring it to uh, to, to readers and fans can can have a look at that i like it's it's a long way from the priority isn't it clearly but i think fans will want to see albion progress a couple of rounds if they can just to avoid the you know not shame but just to have a bit of a bit of a go in the competition you know fed up of going out of the first you know hurdle or two and and just have a bit of a go visit some new places the likes of chesterfield i know you know it's it's a national league ground is it and you don't want the shame of you know, it is. It would be an it would be an embarrassing defeat, would it? There's no way around it. You know, Albion a massive, massive name in the second tier. You know, a recent Premier League club to to go into a you know national league club. It would be a huge story if they were to to be upset there. So, um, Cobram will want to avoid that. It's a nice break from the league, but you don't want a bad performance, bad result, messing up momentum and things. But I would caveat that saying it's it's an entirely different side, isn't it? So. You know, I don't think a defeat would be the worst in the world. And if you're going to get a defeat out of the system, you know, there's a strong argument for doing it in the cup rather than the league, clearly. But, um, yeah, I don't think winning would be a, a bad thing. And, you know, hopefully a nice little, that's a different draw in the fourth round. You know, be it a you know, different away day somewhere lower down or... Yeah. Uh, nah,
0: Wolves at home. Well, yeah. Oh, no, that's all we want. That's all we fair, won, Lewis.
1: Yeah, that's a fair shout. That's a fair shout. Um... I'd love to cover that. I've said that on a podcast before. I'd, I'd, I'd really enjoy covering that. Um, you know, just the prospect of being able to, to to knock Wolves out, obviously, and just cover a Black Country derby for the first time. So bring that on. But I think you know, no, no fan minds go into somewhere different, do they? Yeah, you know, somewhere a bit out of the out of the norm, out of the ordinary, a bit bit of a different trip. So yeah, maybe that. But hopefully Wolves.
0: Hopefully Wolves. That's it. 2023 is underway. Albion are back underway and hopefully Gouch and Lai and his accountant don't have an extended Christmas break and they soon get things underway when it comes to repaying back some of that money. Um, Baggies fans, hope you've enjoyed today's episode. We'll see you at Chesterfield. Have a great week and from me and Lewis, boing boing.